0: The thing about life is you're always going to be misunderstood, and that's okay. That's just the nature of life. For example, if I introduce myself as a lawyer to two people, one who's married to a lawyer and one who has been fucked over by a lawyer, they are going to receive the statement that I am a lawyer in a way that is not uniform, and they will make positive and negative assumptions about who I am. Same if I said I loved cats. You know, what's an interesting one when I say, especially to a conservative, especially to a conservative that has a crush on me, that I'm undocumented. I can literally see their brain glitch because they have all these preconceived notions about people who are undocumented that don't align with how they receive my identity. And I feel like conservatives in general really hate being wrong. And maybe that's me generalizing. Most people probably don't like being wrong personally. I don't mind being wrong. In fact, I embrace it because being wrong is an opportunity to learn and an opportunity to learn means I can be better. And who doesn't want to be better? We all have these preconceived notions about how things are. And the reason why we have these preconceived notions is because we generalize to survive. We also generalize for efficiency because To assess every piece of information as brand new without connection to anything else would just take too much mental computing. It's much easier, but there's a lot more room for error. Like for instance, if I introduce myself as an Iranian to someone who's never met an Iranian and they might say, oh, I have an Armenian friend, is that similar? I kind of have to be like, yeah, because there are cultural overlaps, but at the same time, no, because there are a lot of differences. But now their understanding of my culture is informed by what they know of their Armenian friend because that's their best point of reference. And that's much easier for them to understand who I am as opposed to having no point of reference. But that doesn't mean they have an accurate understanding of who I am as an Iranian. Compare that to introducing myself as an Iranian to another Iranian, a whole different set of reactions goes off in their mind as opposed to someone who doesn't know an Iranian. And they are understanding you and they're interpreting you differently at the same time. So if you feel a desperate desire to want to control how you are understood by others, you have to release that desire because you are always going to be understood differently by everyone and you have no control over how you are understood. It is based on their respective experiences. But I generally really dislike generalizing. I think every experience and every person and every concept really is independent of each other and while we still must generalize to survive to try to do it as little as possible because if you think about it the most extreme logical extension of generalizing is racism like that's what racism boils down to if you think about it that's the extension of generalizing the opposite of generalizing I want to say is like meditation observing thoughts without judging without assuming just observation so yeah the less we generalize probably the better. But again, we have to generalize to survive. We have to generalize to quickly perceive threats. Like for instance, if a man was walking closely behind me in an alley, I can't just assume that it's just as likely that he simply lacks social etiquette or he's just, you know, in his own world that it is, he probably wants to assault me. Anyway, I say all of this to start off the first topic of the day, which is about identity capital. I posted a TikTok about identity capital, where basically I explain that people need to stop obsessing over GPA and their university majors and to instead obsess over building identity capital because that is what actually opens the door to great opportunities that align with who you are. And then I shared some examples of how to build identity capital like starting a business with your friends, volunteering for a cause you care about, traveling alone to somewhere you've never been, learning a new language, interning for someone you admire, taking a class most people wouldn't, etc., etc. And at first, the video was very well received. People were in the comments really moved by the video saying they felt a little bit of pressure being released because they knew they didn't have to obsess so much with being perfect number wise to impress institutions, but that they could instead explore things that maybe didn't provide value up front, but would pay dividends down the line. And that's really who the video was intended for. Perfectionists, people caught up in the systems people who are pressured by their parents to get straight A's at the cost of them losing their identities, those kinds of people, right? Then, over time, as the video got more popular, a new category of comments started to appear, and that was that my video was commodifying having a personality. People were so triggered that they would comment stuff like my video makes them wanna throw up, they wanted to see me tarred and feathered, that I'm the worst kind of human, that I'm not a real person. These are real comments, by the way, that I'm a sickening person person to consider a rope in a tree, that my video is dystopian, that my video is genuinely one of the most disgusting things they've ever heard, that capitalism is rotting my brain, asking if I've ever read Marx like, bitch, do you know how many political philosophy classes I took in college? The end of the video is me verbatim saying, fuck the rules. And I'm very grateful to have a thick skin because these comments don't make me feel any type of way, because all I am being is misunderstood. It's a simple misunderstanding and misunderstandings happen all the time, especially when explaining topics in a three minute TikTok. Something I've thought about many times is like how many times in our lives we we, we've been talking about something and someone else thought we said something different and never clarified. And so for that whole conversation and the rest of your lives, they thought you said something totally different that like might change their perception of who you are. That thought used to give me anxiety. But once you accept the fact that you're always going to be misunderstood, all you can do is really laugh. <laughs> the only person who needs to understand you is you. And that's a feat in itself. To also be concerned with how another person, let alone the world, understands you, it's impossible. It's futile. It's a waste of energy. The best way of going about it, like properly, like avoiding it, being misunderstood is to write. But even writing will be misinterpreted and misconstrued because going back to what we were talking about earlier, everyone has a different reference point for understanding the information they come across in the world. It is what it fucking is. And understanding this can be really helpful for people who are so concerned with being properly understood. And I used to be that person, and in some ways I still am. But I just return to the thought that I have to accept I will always be misunderstood. And that just kind of puts me at ease. The fact of the matter is... And what these bullies fail to realize is that there's a huge amount of people in their 20s that feel lost, that are crying in the bathroom at work every day, that don't know what to do with their lives, praying for one thing in their lives to be certain. And oftentimes the easiest thing to cling to is the metrics. I may not know what I'm doing and what I want, but at least I have a 4.0 and that puts me in a good position. I may not know what I'm doing and what I want, but I got into law school and people seem to think that's cool. People seem to think that makes me worthy. I may not know what I'm doing. But I don't know what I want, but I got these awards, and that means I'm good somehow. Meg Jay says in her book, The Defining Decade, there are 50 million 20-somethings in the United States, most of whom are living with staggering, unprecedented amounts of uncertainty. Many have no idea what they will be doing, where they will be living, or who they will be with in two or even ten years. They don't know when they will be happy or when they will be able to pay their bills. They wonder if they should be photographers or lawyers or designers or bankers. They don't know whether they're a few dates or many years away from a meaningful relationship. They worry about whether they will have families and whether their marriages will last. Most simply, they don't know if their lives will work out and they don't know what to do, end quote. No fucking wonder so many 20-somethings deal with so much anxiety because uncertainty makes you anxious. And then even worse, people end up in careers that they hate because they were so focused on being perfect and respected and not actually exploring their true desires. That's what's actually heartbreaking. Have I ever read Marx? Fuck you. Carl would be obsessed with me. My heart's desire is for everyone to follow their heart's desires. Being a slave to the system is everything I'm against. Am I still a slave to the system in many ways? Absolutely. fucking And my life is an ever unlearning of it. Unlearning is just as powerful as learning. I try to do both every day. The other thing is, in a world that operates in a capitalistic system, sometimes you have to speak in capitalistic terms to get through to people. This is something that a lot of people fail to realize. I'm not reading here. I'm just riffing. Is that, like, if I am trying to get someone who differs in beliefs from me, right? Like, let's, for example, say an avid Trump supporter that thinks – um undocumented people should be deported or that uh, DACA recipients should not have a right to residency right I in order to get through to him I have to speak in terms and in values that he resonates with and understand otherwise we're never going to make progress and that's why in my opinion The country is so polarized. And that's why I'm also so fucking passionate about speech and debate being implemented at a K through 12 level as mandatory, like something that's mandatory, because I really think it's the only solution to combat this problem that has like really dire implications. Like people are fucking dying. That's the harm for my debate kids. Damn, I miss debating. I really wanna, um, judge some tournaments. If you guys know of any and you want me to come out and um, be like a guest judge, that would be my honor. Email me at contactdallara at gmail.com. Um, anyway, you, to be, to, to effectively, it's very hard to change people's minds. That's something that we all need to accept. And the best way about going about it is to Speak in the language your opponent understands. Speak in the frameworks that your opponent understands. Otherwise, it's two ships (laughs) passing in the night. I don't know if that's an accurate um, use of that phrase. But anyway, okay, back to the scheduled programming. Actually, let me take a sip of water. Hang on. For instance, when I think of the economic model I want my kids to grow up in, I imagine a world where AI has taken over most jobs, which they will, and a universal basic income is provided to everyone that covers the necessities. Health, education, safety, baseline things everyone deserves because they're a human fucking being. I imagine capitalism to still exist above that threshold. So yes, there will be people who freeload off of the UBI, but if it were me, and I think most people would agree, and I actually think it's like, a part of the human condition to desire more, and we'll get to that later, I would want more than the bare minimum. And what the system would promote is people doing the things they actually want to do if they didn't have to worry about surviving, starting the business they always wanted, becoming an artist, inventing something new. I think it would be a new renaissance. Also, I think I like developed this belief after reading the Fourth Industrial um, Revolution, And I, it's like, I haven't really done a lot of research on it. I was just like, hypothetically, that sounds good. So if you want to like talk about that or you have thoughts, also email me at contactlara at gmail.com. I would be super curious. Hang on, I need to cough. (coughs) (coughs) Excuse me. I was sick a couple of weeks ago. Honestly, I think it was bronchitis because I have this lingering cough. And I wish I didn't have shame around it, but I just feel like it pisses me off. You guys, I hiccuping and coughing make me kind of like an irritable person, but it's fine. Listen, if my worst problem is having a cough, not that that's my worst problem, but like if that's what I'm complaining about right now, I have a lot to be grateful for. Okay. Speaking of A.I. and speaking of competing interpretations, I posted a TikTok a little while back asking the Internet um, the following question. I asked. Well, actually, maybe I could play it. for No, my phone's over there and it's on. Do not disturb. But basically, I asked if I presented to you the perfect partner physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally in every way. But I told you that they, their brain was powered by artificial intelligence, but they were physically indistinguishable from a human. Would you be down? And this TikTok got over 10,000 comments and they were all over the place. I really enjoyed reading them. And I felt like there were so many discussions that could be had um, that could just kind of be discussed around each comment and so i wrote a few of my favorite down and i wanted to share so people were saying like they were on both ends no yes i want to say i wish there was a way to organize the comments so that i could see exactly maybe i should make a poll or something um does tiktok have polls but I would be curious to know what the breakdown was. I'd also be curious to know what the breakdown was between men and women, how they answered. Okay, one of the comments said, nothing is real, of course I'd give it a try. (laughs) And I just thought that was funny. Someone said, if they're perfectly indistinguishable from a human, then who's to say they aren't one? And I thought that was a very valid thought and something that um, I wanna talk about, like, the difference between humans and machines, and when I was in law school, I actually wrote a paper about computational creativity, and basically, I was exploring um, whether creativity is something that requires a human, or if it can be something um, that is exhibited by a machine, and is, that cre- is the works that is created from that creativity something that can be protected by law, right? And I did a lot of research on this and it's such a fast, fascinating concept. And what I've come to realize, if you come to understand the way that algorithms work, it's like a very explained like M5 version is a machine that gets a certain amount of input, thousands of inputs of data. And it goes through this like, filtering process where, um, or sorry, a training process, you train the AI first, where you show it a two like sets of something, like, let's say you're trying to train the machine on how to uh, know what a cat is, right? So you show it a picture of a cat and like a brick wall. And if it gets it wrong, then that is, a, this is so interesting because it's exactly how fucking humans learn. And my conclusion here is that, like, we are really not that different, but hang with me. You show it, to, uh, if, if it gets it wrong, what you tell the machine or what the programmers have to tell the machine is that, okay, Your um, your input was wrong, therefore, you know for the future that that is not a cat and that is not a brick wall does that make sense so the next time that it sees that picture of a cat and then a picture of a piece of chocolate and it gets it right there it learns a little bit more about what a cat is and what a piece of chocolate isn't and the more you do that over and over and over again the smarter the machine gets to a point where it doesn't need to be trained anymore but tell me how the fuck is that different from the way a baby learns, right? Because we don't tell babies a chair is a four legged structure that someone can sit on and it's usually made out of these materials and then we test the baby on what a chair is. No, a baby just sees something enough times and when they hear the association between when they see a chair and the word chair, that is a green check. Okay, that's a chair then. And it's just a matter, it's like unconscious learning, but it's very algorithmic. Here's the difference between humans and machines is that machines can take way more of a data input than humans ever could. And there was a while where they couldn't, and now we have gotten past that point, and the amount of data that a computer will be able to sift through and make accurate conclusions from based off of these repetition it's just training and training and learning and learning from itself and learning that's why it's artificial intelligence it's learning from itself and every mistake it makes and every um tests that it pass tests that it passes makes it smarter and makes it better same with humans every time we make a mistake and every time we're correct about something but actually there's more value in making a mistake learning wise Which is so funny that we try to like discourage failure, right? Because that's where you learn. Also hilarious that schools want to ban artificial intelligence like ChatGPT instead of teaching kids how to use ChatGPT. It's backwards. It's idiotic. And speaking of ChatGPT, that is simply artificial intelligence personified that and when we think of how powerful chat gpt is right now it's only going to continue to get increasingly powerful to a point where i don't think our systems at least i can tell you the legal system can handle because i have somewhat been keeping up with the topic and and um the application of the law around creative works that are um created by a machine independently without the help of a human or without like the approval or whatever the editing um how do we who gets paid when that piece of art gets sold and who gets sued um when infringement happens is it the programmer of the ai is it the user of the ai is it the machine itself this is A question I have not seen a definitive answer on in the legal community. Again, if you guys know something I don't, please email me at contactdallara at gmail.com. Anyway, let's get back to these comments. (sighs) No, because they wouldn't challenge me as a person. And it would be more like servantry than a relationship. There were actually a category of comments like this. Someone else compared this hypothetical to grooming. They said... uh, Control, find, grooming. I wouldn't know if it wanted me in the first place. You made it want me, and that's grooming. I was like, damn, that's profound. And that also reminded me of this like phenomenon of toxic like dating tips on TikTok and on Instagram and everywhere and in friend groups and it's just like this concept, right? That like if you push and pull and if you, you know, do things a certain way, you can make someone obsessed with you. Bro, you're literally manipulating someone into liking you. Where, what do you gain out of that? If, if the objective is like, trapping their baby or like i don't know trying to like get into their bag or something then that's also i think kind of fucked up but like i don't know not any of my business but if it's for love like if it's for connection that's crazy you guys that's crazy and there was a version of me that like Played that game for a little while and no one wins literally no one wins it's and so when I think about this scenario with the robot it's like okay it's not it's not choosing to love me on its own volition and it's programmed I could see that like it takes away it takes away from the intensity and that feeling of specialness so yeah I could see I could see that. Someone said, watch me take out his battery if he proves me wrong in an argument. (laughs) Come on. No, that's hilarious. Why do you guys like being why do you guys hate being proven wrong? We were talking about this earlier, right? In my like reading portion. Being proven wrong is a is an opportunity to learn. Being proven right is not an opportunity to learn. You already know what you know. It's like boring. Instead, even when I was studying for the bar, when I was studying for the LSAT, like all of the learning happened in the questions I got wrong. So I didn't I would never beat myself up when I got a question wrong. I'd actually get excited, be like, fuck, yeah, another chance to get better. Truly. And I really think that. It would save a lot of people some stress to adopt that mentality. Someone said no, because the value comes from the fact that they have the ability to be whatever but chose to be that perfect person. Yeah, going back again to like this freedom idea. Um, someone said this is a trans metaphor, just saying. And it's funny they say that because I wanted to put out a another uh, hypothetical on TikTok. Maybe I'll do it like next week or something where I ask people kind of the same question. Okay, I present to you your perfect partner in every way mentally physically spiritually emotionally intellectually and they're physically indistinguishable from the sex that you're attracted to or the gender that you're attracted to and yes anyway and um you know that they were born the opposite sex would you be down and I would be very curious, very curious, to know how the answer changes from the AI hypothetical to the trans hypothetical. I would really be curious to see how the answers change among the different genders. Um, fascinating. Someone wrote, matter of fact, I would prefer it. These men do not deserve us. Let's all fall for AI. girl." I, you know, I'm not mad. I feel like women are so special and I feel like I've been saying this and I hope that it changes, but I just come across so many more beautiful, intelligent, creative, talented, kind women than I do intelligent, beautiful, kind, creative, talented men at least in my experience, and maybe that's, you know, my experience, but, um, and maybe I'm biased because I'm a woman, but I feel like it's pretty objective, and if we're going just physical-wise, girl, I just feel like there's so many more hot guys than there are hot, hot girls than there are hot guys in this world, and it's, it fucks up the economics of everything, why is but I really uh, I feel like this next generation we are going to have less. I, I feel like there's for sure this shift right now of women caring less about um, just like the male gaze or beauty standards, and I think that's so hard. I think that's as someone who grew up during like the opposite of that, and like that's just I think the coolest thing it's something that I'm continuing to unlearn and I'm always asking myself I I present as like pretty hyper feminine right and like it appears that the way that I present is very curated for the male gaze but I just really like this look and I always have since I was a kid like I was wearing fucking like bandage dresses in high school and like foreign she but who's to say just because I've done it my whole life it doesn't mean I've just been like a slave to this (laughs) to the system right like in my it's hard to differentiate between who I really am and and you know the systems that the conditioning that I have undergone but I think about like how I would present if I was never to be perceived again and I don't know I just feel like i'm really drawn to like feline feminine characteristics i i feel most myself when i lean into um feminine expression but who knows honestly who knows um someone else said i almost want to say yes to prove that humans are never satisfied but probably not And this one got me thinking of the hedonic treadmill. And the hedonic treadmill is basically a concept where every every milestone or every goal or every achievement that you are striving towards, you think it's going to bring you all this happiness. You think it's going to raise your happiness levels. But what really ends up happening every fucking time is you get there and it's great. For like five minutes minimum. Sometimes bro. Like five seconds minimum. And at most. At most. At most. Unless you're like really spiritually. I don't know. And maybe again. Maybe this is my experience. 48 hours. Like it wears off. And then you have a new desire. And you it's not like life change, like you you don't become this happier person. Your identity doesn't change. Your personality doesn't change. Like I think of myself and I think of like, there was a time where I was so, sorry, I like blew your headphones. So excited to have UCLA Law in my Instagram bio. I was like, ooh, that's going to make me feel so worthy. (laughs) That's going to make me feel so hot. That's going to make me feel so good. And it did. It did. And now I, I can't give a fuck. Like, and, and then it just evolved into something that, like, I had in my bio and my TikTok because I was, like, trying to kind of brand myself and and show who I am, especially when I was doing, like, a lot more of the legal breakdown videos. But now I'm just like, first of all, what even is identity? I feel like a different person every day. Um, And just the concept of branding yourself is so restrictive because it's basically preventing you from the freedom to evolve. And, And that's literally what we're all here to do is to evolve and to experience as much as we can. Um, but anyway, I digress. Someone said, I have no idea if I'm a human, so sure. (laughs) Facts. Someone said, I'd like them even more. (laughs) There was a lot of people being like, with all like, no one was, no, I didn't see any men say like, damn like with all all of like the shit women in this world like of course i'd take an ai but there were so many comments saying like with all like the, the little men out there like i'll take it and that's just kind of interesting someone said no i need the human element but i see how ai learns about me the same way a human learns about me so true what we were just talking about we do learn the same ways and who's to motherfucking say That we are not just an extension of AI that was developed before we were born. And we just don't know. And this is just like the world we've been programmed into. Someone said, perfection is something you only see through the lack of it. Nothing you love is perfect. And damn, is that not profound? (laughs) Facts. Yeah. Nothing you love is perfect. What is perfect? (laughs) Like. Per- the concept of perfection is so relative. I think I've talked about this on my Instagram stories before, but like what I could think is the perfect cake, like could not be better, is disgusting to someone else. Like they would not even smell it. Does that make it less perfect to me? No. Same, you could say the same with anything else. So yeah. Someone said... um, Someone said no, maybe to experience it short term, but I want to inspire and be inspired by imperfections of another person. And I think this is the comment that I agree most with. I would be down to experience it short term for sure. I just I just want to know like what the hype is about. I just want to know what the experience is. But if I think about like what I truly desire and what I think I would be more satisfied by is um fuck if it's an AI or if it's not, I just want it to have the ability to choose. Okay, wait. So speaking of the ability to choose, I think it's so crazy. I was at Joe and the Juice the other day or the other week actually. And there was was a a guy and a girl that were sitting next to me. They were friends. I think they used to date. I was kind of being an eavesdropper um, at this time. Not really. I was like, I was journaling and they were just like kind of, I don't know they were being very open about their conversation I could hear it and the guy was kind of like talking to the girl about these new girls that he was seeing and he was like asking their opinion and they were like reflecting on uh, how they felt or like whatever how the dates went I was getting a lot of tea and at one point they were they were talking about a friend of theirs they were like yeah but he's he's only gonna want to like be with a virgin also mind you these these this guy and girl they were in college like they weren't like older or anything like that they're like yeah he wants to be with the virgin and the girl was like why is that like do you want to be with the virgin and he was like no like I'm I'm willing to not be with the virgin but the the idea is that like guys don't want to know that they're being compared to another guy they don't want to like think about that um they don't want to know that like a- any other guy has had like their girl, because then they have to like. He was literally like describing like because of his insecurities or because of this hypothetical man's insecurities, and I w- and I was like, damn. And I and I I've seen some like Andrew Tate videos, and I feel like that's kind of that's kind of like the rhetoric, right? Like they don't want to be compared to another man and it's like so different from the female experience which is just a consistent comparison to other women do you know how much comparison we have to deal with in our lives anyway and so I was thinking about it for myself and it's funny because I would feel insecure if my partner didn't have enough partners before they decided they wanted to be with me because why the fuck would i want to be the best in comparison to no one what like i want to know that you have had all these different experiences and that i far surpass any other experience that you've had and that not even surpass but like it feels the most compatible because you know what to compare you're you're comparing to and it's I would just feel like I would feel insecure knowing that my partner was a virgin I would feel I would feel like does does he wonder like how it could be different you know what I mean like imagination is something that could be like dangerous in this situation I don't know. I was was just like a thought that I was having and it's not like it has to be like one way or the other. But as far as like the spectrum of my insecurity would go when it comes to my partner's previous partners, I just I. I feel like I would be more secure knowing that, like, okay, he's seen what the world has to offer and he has the choice and chooses me that's just so much more romantic than like and granted like my parents they've only been with each other their entire lives they met when they were 16 and they're still very madly in love and that's beautiful that's so beautiful um but even just the idea that a man would feel like they want to be with a virgin because they don't want to be compared to another guy that's just like so that's so Im- beta. I don't know. Is that the right term? It's just not hot to me. Like that's insecurity is Just. It's so normal, but. Taken to that extreme, it just doesn't really make sense to me. Like have more. Like, come on. Anyway. Someone said in this economy and in this market. Yes. <laughs> Someone said, do they love me back? That's an interesting concept. Why why does it matter so much how someone else feels about us? Isn't like the only thing you'll ever feel is how you feel about someone else? And what happens? Like what happens if you feel loved and then like it turns out to all be a (laughs) lie? Does that change the experience? I don't know. I don't know. Someone said, I'm down. No more overthinking every night. No crying because he neglected me. No trust issues. No worrying that he's cheating. No more gaslighting. And, we, and all just healthy relationship with peace of mind. Man, my heart breaks for you. But, I mean, that's, that's, it's real, right? I just think that if that's the case, like you should never be in that relationship. And sometimes you have to be in that relationship in order to know that you don't want it. And sometimes you have to know you don't want it in order to, um, like to know what you do want and also to appreciate when you have what you do want. Someone said women are AI already. <laughs> We're all AI. Someone said, do they have family? Family. And I thought that was a beautiful question because like, yeah, our relationships are more than just our relationship with the person. It could very much be a relationship with their family as well. Someone said no, because they wouldn't challenge me as a person. It would be more like servantry in the relationship. Did I already say that one? Um, and yeah, I, I guess that is true. Um, did I miss it? Someone said no, that's boring. <laughs> I just loved that answer. <laughs> yeah, these comments were great. Someone said, no, I need the human element, but I see how AI learns about me. Yeah, I already said that one. I was kind of like skipping around. I'd like them even more. Anyway, um, this has been fun, you guys. I, <laughs> I hope you have learned something or enjoyed or had like a nice vibe if not that's okay too um I'm wishing you so much love abundance joy happiness and yeah I guess I'll see you next time or not see you we'll chat soon okay love you bye